ready to sink your teeth into scripture and get a bulldog grip on its truth? Let's gnaw on some doctrine and get bulldogmatic. Here is your host. Hi, this is Scott. I'm here with uh, Pastor Daryl George. Uh, Good morning. Good morning. How you doing today? I am blessed. Me as well. Uh, Pastor Daryl is the senior pastor of Mechanicsville Baptist Church in Darlington, beautiful Darlington, South Carolina. How's the weather in South Carolina this morning? It is gorgeous out today. Spring is here and God is amazing. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. Praise, praise him. Um, let's go ahead and uh, we're we're actually we're shifting gears a little bit. Uh, uh, we're going to uh, read today or take a look at Second Timothy, uh, and we're going to uh, be in chapter one, and we're going to look at uh, verses one through thirteen. So, Pastor, I'm going to go ahead and read uh, verse one and two, and if you would, after I'm done, go ahead and give us an introduction into um, what direction we're going in. Uh, yes. in, the, in this powerful section of, of God's word. But anyway, Second uh, Timothy chapter 1, verses 1 and 2. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God, according to the promise of life which is in Christ Jesus, to Timothy, a beloved son, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord. It's interesting, 26, 27 years ago when I started preaching, I would have people tell me, if you don't preach the word of God, then there's going to be trouble. Right. In other words, they were saying, you better be preaching the word of God and preach the truth. That's the preacher's call. Mm -hmm. In the last 10 years, I switched to, if you preach certain parts of God's word as true, there's going to be trouble. And that's come from people who, who um, proclaim to be Christians. Right. Isn't that change in culture? And, and again, it, it's culture Christianity as opposed to being Bible-believing believers, understanding the power of God to give us his word, to take his word through the centuries that we would know him and his ways. And now here's the crazy thing. I, I, I'm sitting there watching the changing of times and the destructiveness the truth war is causing. You know, 25 years ago, there was questions that came about, um, you know, 30 years ago, 40 years ago, beyond. When does life begin? Right. Of course, you know the the thing about abortion and mm-hmm. and when their life begins. And as Christians, you know, God tells us that He created the child inside the womb, and and now the science is so wonderful that it can tell us when that heartbeat begins. Right. Now the next question came up, and twenty years ago is uh, what is sexual morality? And that all went crazy. And, and, and inside marriages in the church, people say, well, that's not sexual morality, what we're doing. And I'm like, hmm. according to who? And hmm. I show them the Bible, and then they wonder why their marriage fell apart hmm. when they allowed something in there that biblically should not be there. 
Right. And then they went from even deeper and wider the question about eight, nine years ago, what is marriage? And the culture changed mm -hmm. the definition. But the Bible definition didn't change. Right. The Bible didn't change about what sexual morality is. And now what I'm watching happening is what is a boy and what is a girl? And, and this has become very, I think, devastating seeds are going out. And, 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 I, and I say this with a heart for those that are hurting. You know, because they are feeling things. But the question then I, I, I bring up before I go into the scriptures is, is everything our mind and our body feels accurate and good? Because, mm -hmm. you know, the question now with what is a boy or a girl, well, I feel like this. When I was a teenager, there was a very um, beautiful young girl. And um, I just knew her as a friend, and not a real close friend, but in high school I would sit and talk to her, and always friendly. I enjoyed being around her. But I remember hearing she was sick. And I heard about this term called anorexia, which I didn't know until then. I didn't know much about it, but we do now that where someone thinks they look at the mirror and think they're they're fat or um, body image issues and they stop eating like they should or throw up and and it's very destructive to the body and we, it was just like rumor state that she was not well until i saw her at the beach one day and she had her um bathing suit on and i saw nothing but a skeleton of bones wow and I remember her getting help family and becoming healthy again. And I got to talk to her as she was becoming healthy. And thank God she got help to understand that what her eyes were telling her and what her mind was telling her about her body image was not true. And, you know, at that time there were studies going on of whether society's norms of seeing the models on the TV or magazines at that time. Mm -hmm. um, were leading the children to think that only that is what they should look like to be attractive and they said the seeds went out and then they were taking root and now this problem magnified and there's been problems since the beginning of time so with that being said could it be with some of these very devastating problems and people feel certain things that the path to understanding is understanding our minds do not always tell us what's true. Anorexia is a very good case for that discussion. And now, this person who was hurting needed love and care and guidance and great medical care. And I do remember years later, she was very healthy again, doing good. And my statement is this. As Christians, we must understand what truth is. Right. And when our minds might think different as humanity and our bodies might feel different and want different as they do in the fleshliness, we must stick to the truth of God's word. Mm -hmm. I believe God is all powerful. And the Bible says that all scripture is God breathed, inspired, Amen. given. And God is so powerful. He has preserved his word through the generations and through the centuries. Amen. And he's given it to us that we can know him and know truth. 
And of that truth, in 2 Timothy tells us, we should never be ashamed. With the generation, the next generation needs to know is how to discern truth as a Christian. If we're going to bring up the next generation of Christians as Christians, they must know how to discern truth. And I'm spending a lot of time on that with our children. And what does the Bible say? What does the Bible mean? How do I apply it to my life? And then to pray. And God, the Holy Spirit, the Bible says, is the greatest of teachers, Jesus said. So as Bible-believing believers, unapologetically, we need to stand on truth. And now we're ready for the verses. I know that was a long intro. Well, that was a good intro, too. And you're you're exactly right, Pastor. Of course, I'm no spring chicken. I've been around the block a a few times. And I've seen these things just as you. uh, And I've seen uh, society... uh, as a whole uh, deteriorate uh, in my view uh, in the biblical view um, we're accepting things even in the church uh, is accepting things that were not tolerated you know just 10 20 years ago we're seeing them in the church but uh, God has a remedy for that doesn't he all right Uh, Paul an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God according to the promise of life which is in Christ Jesus to Timothy a beloved son grace mercy and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord watch this this is what I believe that Paul found life and he found peace and it was life changing when he met Christ right and he's writing to Timothy saying there is life and there is peace and there is a future listen to me Timothy because we are a call and under a great call to give the next generation life the promise of life the promise of peace in Christ oh and that grace and mercy and that's what the world needs yes truth gives such go ahead we're ready for the first three okay I thank God whom I serve with a pure conscience as my forefathers did, as without ceasing I remember you in my prayers night and day, greatly desiring to see you, being mindful of your tears, that I may be filled with joy when I call to remembrance the genuine faith that is in you, which dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and I am persuaded is in you also. Therefore, I remind you to stir up the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Right. Wow. So now, about it. the first thing he says, I thank God that we can serve him with a pure conscience. Mm-hmm. And so for the Christian, the conscience is made pure when it's right with God in our right relationship with God and that's what God desires for us all to be a right relationship is a righteous relationship right and only through his word do we know what righteousness is and a right relationship is and as a pastor as a child of God I want to live my life with a clear conscience Mm -hmm. I'm not interested nearly and pleasing people as I am in pleasing God Amen. And, and the man of God empowered by the word of God 
is the name of the series, mm -hmm. so that we can live our life with a pure conscience, as our forefathers did, as all those who came before us, and as our Lord Jesus always did those things that pleased his, pleased his Father. And the prayers and night and day, and he's greatly desiring for Timothy to carry on the work of the Lord, even when it's unpleasant, even when people don't agree with you. And you know what? You have people have the right to disagree with me, mm -hmm. but that doesn't take away my right to disagree with them. Right. And they Sometimes can I look they... at people and I say, I believe the Bible truths, mm -hmm. and I have the right to disagree with you. We can still be friends. I, I'm not going to hate you. Right. But if you choose to hate me, that's uncontrollable. But all the anger in the world is not going to change me from the truth of God. Amen. So there's that desire of bringing forward Timothy, the genuine faith. So then, not all faith is genuine. Could there be a faith? that's going through Christianity that's a man and not God where man puts his ways his thoughts his desires above God's thoughts God's ways God's desires where the faith that is not genuine is putting man's truth above God's truth and then that going back to Satan and the fall of pride well I know better than you God mm -hmm. so a genuine faith understands the lesser is us and the greater is God alone. Amen. And we turn to the greater so that we can please him. And he says, this was in your grandma. Mm -hmm. This was throughout your mother. This came, young Timothy, through the generations. There were faithful people who taught you truth. Now, will you follow up and teach your children and grandchildren truth? Now, all of a sudden, we see the need yeah, I have boys, and they're living through a thousand of questions I never had as a kid. Mm -hmm. But I want them to be able not only to know truth, but how to search for truth and discern truth. Because the day will come when I'm not going to be there for them to ask me how to find truth on the subject. And that's called discipling our children. Right. So watch this. As you were discipled. And he says, I remind you to stir up the gift. And we all need to be stirred up. It's so easy to get complacent. It's easy when someone disagrees with us for us to give in because yeah. we don't like conflict. Mm -hmm. I don't conflict. And there's a lot of battles that aren't worth fighting. But the truth war is a battle as a Christian. I can't turn from truth in God because I have a life of peace and I can live with a good conscience. Right. Then God says, I didn't give you a spirit of fear. Because, yeah, in today's society, there are those that will hate us, not like us, speak evil against us, if we stick up for the biblical truths. Mm -hmm. and, and that can be fearful. I've had people come to church to me when I preach as a pastor God's word. And he says, if you preach that as truth again in God's word, I'm no longer going to give money to the church. But I th think the key is this, that we stick to truth. But you have a power and a love of a sound mind. Amen. So all of a sudden, 
He's building up to bring them to a point where they're not there yet. We're ready for eight and nine, if, if you would, please. Okay. Well, I lost you for a minute there, Daryl. So I wanted to, uh, you were talking about not giving a, uh, we are not, have not been given us a, a spirit of fear. Uh, there's a lot of right. people out there that, that are spreading this falsehood. They, they try to intimidate Christians. And of course, God yeah. has not given us a spirit of fear. Uh, and if we stand on his word, we know God's word is true. So we should not be in, intimidated, should we? Right. And as I said, and I'll say it again, and in case it, we, we got out for a second of good reception, I've had as a pastor, I've preached a sermon 100% accurate to the authority of the Bible. Mm -hmm. And I've had people that were church members that told me, if I preach like that again, saying that part of the Bible's true, they won't come back to church. Wow. And being the person I am, I get up the next Sunday and I preach the same thing. <laughs> right. Because I, the statement's going to be out that you're not my authority, God is. Amen. You can knock the church, you cannot give your money to church, you can threaten no longer to give to the church, you can threaten to have me fired. But it's not changing the way I preach. Amen. I don't have fear because they say, well, you get fired from your job. And I say, well, I was looking for a job when I found this one. That's right. There's other <laughs> jobs out there, right? <laughs> but thankfully, I've been a part of churches who stood behind me and preaching truth and just say, just keep preaching, preacher. That's right. Because I don't, anyone's attitude on truth to change truth. And how many lives of the next generation will have greater problems because they don't have the truth preached? Right. So and there that, we go. That begs the question: If those people are not in church to hear God's word, then yeah. then why are they there in the first place? That if they don't want to hear God's word, so yeah. uh, we need more faithful pastors that will preach without fear and without compromise in the word of and god maybe they so. just want a church that um preaches for each itchy ears so they feel good about themselves right and you're okay i'm okay we don't need to repent right and is that the way man wants to live his way yes i did it my way that's exactly no, right hopefully do it god's way because he's the greater and i'm the lesser mm -hmm. well let's go on i'm going to read uh yeah. Verses 8 and 9. Therefore, do not be ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor of me, his prisoner, but share with me in the sufferings for the gospel according to the power of God, who has saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given to us in Christ Jesus before time began. Now that's powerful, too. And it starts with, therefore... And we always ask ourselves when we see therefores, what is the therefore, therefore? That's right. It ended with, I didn't give you a spirit of fear. Mm -hmm. So, it says, don't be ashamed. Right. The Bible says, if you're ashamed of me, I'll be ashamed of you. Mm -hmm. I'm not ashamed. And it's the testimony of the Lord. It is God's word. And, and yeah, Paul had sufferings. He was in prison for his faith. 
Jesus died for his faith and truth. That's right. And for us. But he says, according to the power of God, live according to that. He saved us. Listen, I'm saved from the devil's hell. Right. My sins are forgiven. Amen. And I couldn't do it because I was an absolute failure in correcting myself. Mm -hmm. But when the word of the gospel came to me, and I understood grace and forgiveness and God's love and how much God loved me to die for me and to give me his spirit so I can live for him. Everything changed. And he called us a holy calling. And not according to works, not according to man, not according to my flesh or my ways or my mind. The good preacher empties their mind of their thoughts, their ways, their desires mm-hmm. and turns to God's ways because it's a holy calling with his own purpose how can I bring about God's purpose in other lives if I don't preach truth mm-hmm. but the Bible says in the later days and in Revelation chapter 2 God prophesies all this would happen about the truth war this doesn't surprise God and it shouldn't surprise us right? because he said this is coming in Revelation chapter 2 He's speaking to the church. He calls it the compromising church. Right. And he says to them, I have a few things against you. You hold the doctrine of Balaam who took, who taught Balak a stumbling block. They sacrifice things to idols and to commit sexual morality. Mm-hmm. You see, when we turn a blind eye and say the sexual morality of the day is okay, that God says is not, we're doing that. It's the doctrine of Balaam, (laughs) a great thing in and of itself. And you have the doctrine of the Nicolaitans, which I hate. You're teaching Mm -hmm. things that are of man and not God. And this is what he says, repent. I'll come to you quickly and fight against them with the sword of my mouth. He who has an ear, listen. I have a white stone of forgiveness and it calls for repentance and we're in a day and age where it's time to stay to his purpose his word and understand God says this would happen and God will not bless it isn't it interesting that God says you're teaching things I hate yeah I don't want to be that. So back out of Revelations that we know what's coming takes us to the verse that we can live an empowered life because Christ rose from the grave. We can rise up from the temptations to give into society's norms and culture. Yes. Yes. And what an example here. I mean, if if, if we go back and read it, read it again, it says... Uh, do not be ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor of me, his prisoner. You know, Paul, when he was writing this, he was he was in prison. And what was he in prison for? He was in prison for teaching and preaching the truth. Right. So there may come a time. I, I'm afraid, Pastor, that there's coming a time in even in the United States of America, which I would have never thought of growing up as a as a child in this country. But yeah. uh, the older I grow, uh, I can see it possibly happening that uh, ministers being locked up for for preaching and teaching the truth and, and calling and it told, hate. 
We don't know what's coming, but we do know this. We have been blessed to be Americans. Yes. And live in America where we have freedom of religion. Yes. And we need to use that privilege because not not every country has that. That's right. To preach the gospel. Amen. And to go forward. So, yes, and, and that's what God wants us to do. To just preach truth. Now think about this, Scott. So we have hurting people. We have people with uh, that are involved in sexual moralities of all type. Mm-hmm. We have people who, this day and age, that think they are a different sex than they're born and they're hurting people mm-hmm. and the church needs to show them love and kindness yes and show them truth and direction and God's purpose mm-hmm. and it's not easy and they may not accept it right but we do need to show them just like someone showed us right when I came to Christ, I had to make some changes. Mm-hmm. I had to do some things my flesh didn't want to do. And I had to stop doing some things my flesh wanted to do. That's right. Don't we all? Yes. And I'm saying all the temptations are as easy to turn from. But still God tells us to turn from sin to him. Amen. That's called repentance. For without repentance... All will perish. Yes. So reliving for the life to come in heaven is the key. Mm-hmm. Yes. Well, let's go on. I'm going to read uh, uh, verses 10 through 12. Then, yes. Pastor, uh, uh, let's see. Verse 10. But now has been revealed by the appearing of our Savior, Jesus Christ, who has abolished death and brought life and immortality to light through the gospel to which I was appointed a preacher, an apostle, and a teacher of the Gentiles. For this reason, I also suffer these things. Nevertheless, I am not ashamed, for I know whom I have believed, and I am persuaded that he is able to keep what I've committed to him until that day. Well, that's powerful to the Apostle Paul. What have we committed to God? Yes. Lives, our soul our eternal life, our salvation. And he says, I believe and persuaded he's going to keep me. Oh, what a fantastic eternity we have. Amen. The kingdom come, thy will be done on earth that is in heaven. Oh, how perfect is God's plan. And he says, it's been revealed at the beginning of verse 10, the appearing of our Savior, Jesus Christ, Death has been abolished. Amen. Isn't that wonderful? You know how many funerals I've done? I don't know. I can't keep count. It's been... uh, But a believer's funeral, I can look at the family and tell them where they're at and why they're there. Mm -hmm. And they're in heaven with God. And they have found their total healing for all eternity. And we can see them again if we also know the way to God through Jesus Christ, according to the word of God. It's been abolished. The greatest mystery, the greatest fear, death, is no longer there for the believer in Christ. And he's brought life and immortality to the light 
He's brought it to light, but then it says to what? Through the gospel. Through the gospel. The good news. Mm-hmm. That's the word of God. Yes. There's good news. He's been appointed a preacher. We're all been appointing, appointed to be teachers or preachers mm-hmm. by our life and our lifestyle, by our words and our witness. Few of us have been called to be preachers at the altar. Right. But we all are to be speakers. Go out therefore, make disciples, tell them, teach them to be obedient in all things. You know, uh, the baptism and the likeness, Father, Son, of the Holy Spirit. It's all about that Christian being about God's work. And mm-hmm. he says here, for this reason, I also suffer these things. I, I wonder, wow. Christ suffered, the disciples suffered why would they continue suffering and dying if they didn't believe what they were doing was truth i don't think they would suffer like that for a lie no they did because they experienced the resurrection of christ Mm -hmm. they experienced his death and his beating and his resurrection Mm -hmm. and it was life-changing and to suffer these things nevertheless I am not ashamed and that's what every preacher needs to ask them today am I ashamed of truth you know and, and another thing that unfortunately is happening at a great cost to the next generation many preachers are choosing well I believe the whole Bible but I'm not going to preach on the things that are questionable in man's eyes because somebody might not like me Within that also then the Bible says preach the whole counsel of God's word. Yes. And now all of a sudden we're going to choose what is a valued counsel of God's word and not the whole counsel. <laughs> so even avoiding preaching the truth is just that. Right. Avoid the truth. Exactly. They're serving and man and not serving God. Right. Is I am not ashamed. For I know who I have believed and I persuaded. He's able to keep me. Amen. He's able to keep me. That's right. E- even if people don't like me, he's able to keep me. And he's committed. And then verse 13, it says, hold fast. Hold the whole fast. life long, I've had a grip like a, a gorilla grip. Yeah. When I got, got you and I got those biceps. Yes. Uh, and the forearm muscles. And you, I don't know just a gift from God to have a gorilla grip. I've had you grab grip. my my hand. I got the grip. Yes, I've had you grab my oh, hand. And... Yeah, I ain't letting go. <laughs> That's right. But he says, hold fast. Oh, if I hold you fast, I got gotcha. you. How much more should we hold fast? to the Lord Jesus Christ amen and the truth he says hold fast don't don't wait till tomorrow now grab it hold but then he says what to hold fast to the pattern of sound words which you have heard from me and it really goes okay then why should we hold fast to the words that Paul is saying you see, and there's the focal point of Second Timothy we'll get in about three or four weeks as we continue through. 
In 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16 and 17, all scripture is given by inspiration of God. All scripture. God is powerful. God is almighty. He's the greater, we're the lesser. He is able to give us the scriptures, and he is able to give us what's true. He is able to breathe it into man's heart and man write it, and he's able to control the writings that it would stay true. He's able to bring the collection of the canon of the books of the Bible together as one. Through the centuries they were written, but he brought it together as one. Yes. It's inspired by God. It is God's word. He brought it together. And listen, old Pastor Darrell, Hmm. It is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. Why do I want to do all that? Because, Daryl, that the man of God may be complete and thoroughly equipped for every good work. Don't we want to do that for our children in the next generations, that they can be made complete for every good work? So the Word of God came through man the canon is God empowered to bring together that we can be complete I've told people and they don't often like it from Genesis to Revelation mm-hmm. believe it all or believe none Right. because the day you start taking your scissors and cutting certain scripture out of the Bible mm-hmm. is the day you set yourself as the greater that's right as God and you are not Preach it, brother. Preach it. So here, all of a sudden, God is telling us, this is good. Hold fast to this. Mm-hmm. Hold fast what you've heard. Hold fast in faith and love, which are in Christ Jesus. Amen. Hold fast. We are in a day and age where culture Christianity wants to say, don't hold on to these things. Right. You can't build a giant church as fast if you offend people. Sometimes I think I'm really good at that. Offending people? I don't people. want to offend anybody. <laughs> but when we tell somebody to turn from the sin, that's offensive. Yeah, people don't like but that, do they? Turn from that, how can we turn to God and have salvation? Isn't the soul more important yes. than the offense? Mm-hmm. And now we're in a day and age. I'm very concerned about the outcome in 10 years of the latest war. What is a boy and what is a girl? Mm-hmm. I'm very concerned about the seeds that are being laid out there that they don't have a clue what's going to come in 10, 15, 20 years. Right. And how many lives that are already having trouble. Listen, that girl I knew as a friend in high school with anorexia had trouble. And she needed help to understand that her eyes and her body and her mind were not telling her the truth. And that if she didn't stop her ways of her dieting and her throwing up after she ate she would die but thankfully she got help to understand and to be healthy God created our bodies to be healthy and to live a good life more importantly he created our souls to be healthy 
in a right relationship with him. Right. And that's where peace comes from. Do you know how many people's, and you know this guy, we've been friends for many years now. So many people that I know, they have boats, motorcycles, cars, every toy their heart ever desired. But one thing they don't have is peace. Right. And they're struggling and they're hurting. And I believe that's what God has to give us. A peace that surpasses all understanding. That's right. That's the good news. That is the good news. Amen. All right. Well, Pastor Daryl, thank you so much. I, I enjoy this. Uh, I, there are no words to describe the way I enjoy this. And uh, I appreciate the time that you, you give me. And hopefully yeah. someone is blessed by this. So, Pastor, you, yeah. you have a, a, a great day. And God bless you. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bibles, Bulldogs, and Beards was brought to you by BibleBulldog.com. Purveyors of antiquarian Bibles, theology books, and other Christian items. Also enjoy hundreds of podcasts and sermons while you visit BibleBulldog.com. Visit BibleBulldog.com today.